Welcome to Series 2 of the GM Moving Podcast, where we share with you stories of how people and partners across Greater Manchester are creating the conditions for active lives for all. I'm Eve, Strategic Director at Greater Sport, leading, supporting and connecting GM Moving, Greater Manchester's movement for movement. For our first 12 episodes of Series 2, we journeyed around Greater Manchester, speaking with local partners to hear more about the work they're doing, taking a whole system place-based approach to embed physical activity into everything. Our last four episodes in this series have a slightly different focus as I speak with our catalyst leads. Our key catalysts are engagement, people and leadership, marketing and communications and evaluation and learning. We have learned that if we invest in and pay attention to these things, this will speed up the rate of change across the whole system to enable more active lives. For today's episode, we're back in the podcast studio at Manchester Central Library, where we're joined by Nikki Hawkins, Beth Sutcliffe and Karen Hall to hear about the work they're doing to support geo-moving, marketing and communications. How can comms change the system? First up is Nikki. I started off by quizzing Nikki about her own personal relationship with moving. She told me it's taken her 42 years to realise how moving and being active and sweaty is so important to her mental well-being. Nikki is an expert in public narrative and framing and has been key to the GM Moving communications journey, helping us think about the ways people's messages and stories influence how others respond, think, feel and act. Nikki used to be part of the Frameworks Institute and during the early days of the local pilot they did some initial workshops of local pilot leads to help us all be more intentional about the language we use to ensure it has the effects that we intend and works for us. Nikki has helped us to reframe physical activity so it's not something that's over there for other people but a more natural part of everyday life for all of us. Helping people reimagine and design ways in which the world around us to enable more active lives. I ask her about what effect those early workshops had on the work. I think what's amazing for me hearing that from those early workshops that we had was what you said about how much control you have and how much of a source of kind of power and influence it is to be able to make these really intentional choices about how you represent the work and talk about the work. And I think that's something that I try to leave people with because sometimes it can feel overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know, people's perceptions, people's attitudes, the kind of big narratives that we have about um, social uh, issues, you know, how on earth can can one person or even a great group of people make a, an impact on that? But actually, I think that every act of intentional communication um, has incredible potential mm. and sort of recognising that and celebrating that and seeing it as a source of, of, of power um, and something to embrace, yeah. you know, something to embrace really positively and feel really good about rather than something to feel kind of overwhelmed and... Um, like you can't make enough difference. Yeah, so there's, I think, getting quite specific... To Next is Beth. Beth is a strategic director for Greater Sport and says that moving is a massive part of her life and brings her a lot of joy. She played lots of sports when she was younger and says if she doesn't do it now, like walking and cycling, she misses it. Did I mention she's also played rugby league for England with several World Cups under her belt? I ask Beth how, from those initial workshops with Nikki, she took those learnings and embedded them across our work in the local pilot. Yeah, I think it was just a real uh, start point of inspiration, really, to make us realise how much 
we were in control really of influencing not only to kind of reframe this captivity in the sense of it being something that relates to everyone but also being really challenging to ourselves about how we make sure um, all our imaging and language is inclusive as well so we've done a lot of work over the last couple of years on really making sure that the things that we put out there to the system and to the public is really relevant, diverse and meaningful to everyone in Greater Manchester in particular and wider. That's took time to do and I think we've still got a long way to go but we've got so much better at that and where the local pilots played a massive role there is it's helped us really understand that it does massively mean a difference if you've got imagery of local people that relate to where they live and, and they can see their neighbour in, in physical activity messages and, and imagery and, and all the stuff that is produced at a local level and that resonates with people so people take notice of it they see themselves uh, in it as well it, it sounds obvious when you say it out loud but I think there's been a big shift in, in all of us to really realise that over the last year or two um, and it's making a big difference in terms of how we produce stuff and, and put stuff out there but it's true, you know, if you can't see yourself in the imagery, and how is it for you? How is it relatable? And I think, yeah, I think that there's been lots of work done um, across that medium. So we've benefited from that. I've benefited from that in my role. That's Karen. Karen grew up with a very competitive brother and spent quite a lot of family breakfasts getting hit by a flying ball. She credits her PE teacher for introducing her to rugby and she's been playing it ever since for over 20 years. Karen says that working with Gia Moving has helped her to reframe what moving means to people who may not have been given the opportunities she did when she was a young girl. Here she gives an example from the This Girl Can campaign, a project for the National Lottery that aimed to reframe how girls defined physical activity. And also the This Girl Can campaign really changed how we looked at imagery and how we were approaching the sort of target audience and the sort of levels and barriers that are involved in people maybe not taking part in physical activity, in the language, um, a fear of judgment and all these kind of mm. other layers to it as well. In the type of activity as well, that like we've realised that representing different types of activities, so we, we are reinforcing that everyday activity kind of message and it's yeah. not, you know, sport plays a massive part in, in all the work we do and it's hugely important to, to a lot of people's lives, but... We want to get people who are not doing anything, doing something. Yeah. So making sure people recognise and identify and understand that, you know, walking, gardening, moving a little bit more is so important and valuable. And representing that in the marketing comms that we produce um, just keeps reinforcing that message and making it more and more of the norm. I think on that as well, we've done quite a lot of work on being confident about talking about physical activity as well. So it, it, whether or not it's introducing the job that you do, the role you do in a, in a new room with a new group of people, or if it's down the pub or in your social life, how you talk about physical activity can change that one person's perception of what it means to be active. So we don't have to think about grand campaigns, but also those ind individual conversations, conversations play a yeah. massive role. So we have done a lot of work on our key messages as an organisation, for example, and supporting system partners to really think about you know if you've got three minutes with someone to talk about physical activity what do you want to say and try and have an impact about what you're saying and, and a bit of a call to action so that's really 
helped as well to to think about those different layers of influence like you described really tapping into everyone as a storyteller yeah which is quite hard isn't it people quite often get a bit nervous about telling stories and then they start and you discover how everybody has brilliant stories everyone has some form of relationship to physical activity that is relatable to others so just providing that space and that platform and invite to share your story and know that that will resonate and that you can support others to then move a little bit more as well there's a couple of specific campaigns, I guess, that you might want to talk about, Beth. Yeah, so alongside um, the kind of framing stuff we did back kind of at the, the start of this journey, I suppose, we kind of commissioned some research from a, with a company called Bring Thinks, and a lot of the insight that came from that shape of that counts campaign, which was recognising that, one, we needed to shift the perception of what we mean by physical activity and sport and and back to that kind of everyday movement idea so how can we through a campaign help to do that so the language that counts is trying to encourage people to recognize that everything counts in terms of any movement is going to have a positive benefit on your on your health and and, and your well-being but then also we we did focus groups and interviews through the kind of research project and what we, we we found was that people really resonated with messages about the here and now. So thinking about what physical activity and movement provides them. So it does help them to sleep better. It makes you feel instantly. Um, your mood increases, yeah, your mental well-being increases. So um, is what people resonated with and wanted to hear. So that helped us shape the That Counts campaign. And then that's gone on to kind of influence future campaigns that we've done. Currently, we've got Keep Moving, which we, we, we kind of roll across Great Manchester, but it's being used in localities as well. And it is really staying true to that research and keep going back to that and remembering what came out of that research. And again, that's what came from the research that, that we did, that people were confused by messaging and they wanted something really simple and clear. And the other key thing to mention from the research is like being really clear in our messaging as well. So what do we say when we mean physical activity? You know, how many minutes... You know, is it every day? Is it once a week? Whilst we're still on, I guess, whilst we're still on the GM kind of campaign side, so just briefly about, because walking has been an important part of all of that, hasn't it? As yeah. I guess the most common, actually, way that people are likely to move every day. So just tell us a little bit about that campaign. Yeah, that was a really nice ca- campaign to be part of because it was all about the joy of walking and what walking enables you to do. So, you know, being connecting with green space, connecting with other people, it being so accessible, it being for, for everyone, pulling that campaign together again, building on the Britain Thinks research, but then doing focus groups out in the community and just um, and the campaign was just built on stories from Greater Manchester, from a range of different people about what, what walking meant to them. And that was just, yeah, a lovely thing to be part of because it did bring just joy listening to the stories as well and such a simple thing um, and something that everyone can access as well and you can check that out on our yeah. youtube channel still yeah. i love that i love that maxine peak's voice yeah. talking talking over fantastic and one of the I guess examples of the reframe that's happened has been that shift away from focusing on sport as you described to everyday movement and yeah, moving being all about everybody moving all the time and people moving more as a movement and then we're seeing how that is shifting as well that kind of across the 10 boroughs so it's now Stockport moving is your strategy is it is that yeah, right stop coming together that's right Stockport moving together how has the local pilot giving you maybe space to, to approach Marcoms differently? It's very much working within place based um, spaces and with local community groups and local organisations 
and I work quite closely with their marketing teams just to try and sort of establish what the, what the key messages are. And that's where Stop Moving Together came from um, because luckily in Stockport, they've done a real piece of work for our ride about get, getting the local pilot embedded into the strategy and a number of strategies within the council. And they've really made a case for how important it is. So we, we had a... Um, strategy in 2019, an active community strategy, and it was up on it was a PDF up on the website, and I think within three years it had about 69 views or something like that. So for me, it was just about starting about how we could just make it more visible to Stockport residents and more meaningful, and obviously pulling all the learning from all the campaigns that already happened, that was already happening, and trying to tie those all together. So Stockport Moving Together was a really great way of, of just trying to bring it all under one key brand but also with that simple messaging about how how moving moving more can mean anything to all types of people pulling out the local stories the Brillington map story we focused on that we produced a video around that that then linked into age uk stockport and the work they're doing because they take out walking groups with the Brillington map and then they've got digital inclusion um, and community events happening and just how all these things sort of tie in and it doesn't it's not always a starting point physical activity and Nata for example might be a, a lead into a walk with a friend that's definitely something I've found in Stockport you know that it's not the starting point isn't always moving more in these local situations it might be just pop in for a cup of coffee and have a chat and be less socially isolated, be less lonely, and find out what's going on through through that channel. So it's really just about bringing those stories to life. So we've used a lot of video to tell those stories um, across Stockport. We looked at the Stockport County um, Community Trust Group, Wellbeing Group. We've also got the Send Swimming, where there's lots of learning that's happened between Seashell Trusts coming together and Life Ledger coming together. So we're telling all the stories of the parents who benefited from that and the um, staff at Life Leisure who are now receiving training and how that's impacted on the service that they deliver in that area. So really just bringing those stories out to Stockport residents because there'll be people in that community that will never have seen their, their leisure centre as, as somewhere they could go or somewhere for them if, they had, if they're a parent or carer of someone with, with said needs. So hopefully just really amplifying what's happening at a hyper-local level to, to, towards, towards a bigger audience, a bigger, bigger Stockport audience, and just making sure, you know, they understand that it can move in different ways. It doesn't have to be sport or fitness. It can be doing the garden. It can be playing in the park with friends. It can be finding out what's happening at your local wellbeing group because it's not just about... The physical benefits that you're saying, those those long-term health benefits, it's more about those immediate benefits of just the well-being element of it and just feeling better and and having more of an outlet in your community. So it's been a it's been a really interesting journey in terms of trying to tie all those things that are happening together from um a comms and marketing perspective. So that's just been the start. We launched that in July and now we're looking to see how we can really sort of start to grow that movement through the networks that sit behind that and that's allowed me roots into those so the voluntary sector, um the networks that sit behind the strategy and things like that. So hopefully much more local stories to tell. So we have more than sixty nine people in Hopefully. Case yeah, we have. But the launch sort of saw like over probably about two thousand people watching the video and I think one of the great things about partnership work and collaborating with so many organisations is that one of the videos that we put out on our channels was then 
amplified on another one Stockport County for example which has a huge reach and that's sorry you know like triple our figures mm. easily so yeah there's a real domino effect that um you always hope to see in in comms and marketing where people take it and then and then and then tell their stories on top of that as well that can be quite hard sometimes for yeah. comms teams that have been used to being told to control the message mm. control the brand control the narrative hold on to it quite tightly whereas you described you use the word spread and grow which there's a level of having to let things go and let other people and partners take those messages and possibly you know shift them tweak them slightly in place is there anything that's been challenging in that or or any joy that's come from that process it's quite challenging in the, the traditional channels that you use, traditional marketing channels that you use, don't always fit um, the local pilot type approach because it is so so hyper local. You know, you sort of general council, com social media channels or channels that you use um, as a marketing professional don't always quite hit the mark. So there's been a lot of re need to rethink that. But there's been there's been lots of joys. I think the stories are joyful. I think one. Um, chat that I got in touch with was uh, Phil from from Woodley in Stockport and he was recovering from a stroke at the time and um, he was using physical activity to get back to, to some level of fitness and it was really, really helping him and then he was diagnosed with cancer and they had to remove a tumour and that set him right back and then he had to start again and build again and he was just doing exercise like lifting cans uh, fruit or vegetables things like that and um, at one point I think he was strapping his feet to an exercise bike to try and get him going again and his story was just incredibly inspiring and I felt like that was one that needed to be told because if if Phil could do that you know if Phil was able to get active in that scenario then that's just think that's a really helpful message especially for people with long-term health conditions with a, a key target group of the local pilot that sort of um was, was really powerful so i managed to get him as a we are undefeatable champion and now he features on their campaign and their material and he's a local resident who just really i think had a really powerful story that we sort of knew about locally but didn't know about beyond that and now hopefully we've been able to to share that journey and share his story and people will feel inspired by that so that's joyful that's amazing I love that story it challenges some of the ways that we probably think about physical activity which is very linear that you you go on a journey from from here to here and you have to kind of improve and then here you are running a marathon at the end. I think we all fall victim to the idea that this is something that's like a, a linear story, whereas actually real life is always messier than that. And there's always setbacks and there's always kind of days where you're not feeling kind of in a position to up your game. And and actually, I think it's just so nice to have stories that kind of amplify this idea of kind of stop starting. I think some of the challenges, it's an interesting thing, just to get some people's thoughts on actually is that that thing of having to play to the media and feed the kind of beast if you like so often stories that people want are not necessarily stories that we want to tell so yes the story of someone going from zero to running a world record marathon it is a great story and it's going to get a lot of press mm-hmm. but actually the stories 
that you've just told and what we want everyone to hear because we want people to be inspired by that real. as well and the real but that's not necessarily going to get on the front page news so I think there is a, a challenge there and, and often the stories we want to, to share as well are maybe less about one individual but about how the systems work together to make change or you know a couple of organisations have been flexible and done something differently and made a difference to someone's life so how do you tell those stories in a powerful, meaningful way that's going to resonate with the media in order to influence as wide as possible? I think that's something we're still really challenged with. This is definitely something I spend a lot of my time thinking about and trying to understand and um, work within is how do you tell stories that are kind of enabling and empowering and inspiring for individuals but also don't uh, rely on responsibility and the kind of onus being solely on an individual uh, which is the kind of you know the classic story the sort of hero's journey whereas in real life rarely does anybody do anything entirely by themselves and without a some kind of structural system or provision that is kind of actually spurring them along the way so I think the work that, that you guys are doing is so important but I agree with you that those are quite more difficult stories to tell in the media um, because of the stories we've come to believe to tell about ourselves and believe that we we need to hear there's so many good things that I hear about and that I think about and sometimes it's a question of telling the story in a different way about kind of what's what's featured in the story and if somebody has gone on this amazing journey how and why and what can we learn from that and what can we do more of or possibly less of? And I often think about, you know, Parkrun is a really good example of, you know, some something that seems so basic but has been so transformative for so many people and now loving the fact that they've made it into Parkwalk, which is so much more kind of accessible to more people. This simple seeming kind of intervention, this bit of provision, has this incredible power that can can affect people's lives and I think those are the stories that we need to mm. sort of be able to tell more of and the media should definitely be profiling more. Can you help us with that then please? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a constant challenge isn't it? And I think the other thing we're getting better at and we again still need to, to improve but like being really clear on audience but also how we measure impact of that marketing comms so yes if we've got a, a public campaign we're going to measure impact by you know the amount of engagement on social media amount of downloads of whatever we're producing but actually marketing comms is playing a massive role in shining a light gathering those stories so actually success might be sharing that story with a locality or a community group or a health partner and if that story helps them to learn and understand what they can do to do something similar but in their context then that's that's success and how do we capture that success and how do we relate that back to that story and the way we presented and translated that learning in that way that made a difference um, and seeing marketing comms as having a role at different layers and it not just being about public campaign um, I, I absolutely agree I think that it's not just about the analytics it, it doesn't show the breadth of the work the work that you, you know that's happening so in terms of in a locality situation how is that message getting across how are you communicating with partners what's happening to have those discussions across board how those comms am I enabling that stakeholder engagement is key to sort of the marketing communi- communications work and it's all about how we're engaging stakeholders how we're making them understand the message that we're trying to put out there how do we then make them part of the fabric and, and part of, of, of the sort of voice piece for that as well 
one of the things that came up today on a meeting was we're always trying to reach the inactive and that's where a lot of the learning comes in and how the language and the imaging style but then how do we then include clubs that have a a massive role in their community and have lots of inspiring stories how do we include them in the, the narrative as well and I think the answer is that we try and include both it's just about where you, where you put your resource mm. and how you then involve stakeholders and and then utilize them as a way to to you know bring the message to to a wider audience. There's a real sense of authentic stories of real people's real experiences, not the linear journey of the hero's journey um, within a place and all those things you said that are relevant about you know the pictures that you see, the images that you see of people on that journey, and telling those authentic stories. And then rather than just, yeah, as you said, Beth, rather than just maybe your traditional kind of broadcast kind of campaign that might be about who's clicked on it, engaged in it, and in the most um, passive way, potentially, to far more an invitation to participate. So far more, how do you tell your story? How do you share and actively participate in all of this? From where you are, Nikki looking in is there anything that you've seen sort of shifted when you can look back over those last three years yeah I mean I can see from the outside how well you have done at telling a story that is about all people and the role that movement can play in their lives and how the system needs to change to to make that a possibility and I can see that like some of the language that has been, you know, intentionally used more or less of really reflects that. Um, and kind of doing a workshop now, you know, with, with with people who are working inside the system and just seeing how well that's been embedded. I do think the last bit of what I just said around the kind of wider system is the hardest bit of the story to tell. Um, and how we just have this tendency to default back to what an individual can do um, or should do or should feel inspired to do versus how a system can change to facilitate that. So I I can only imagine that that is a kind of constant tension within the day-to-day rolling out of, you know, what, what, what it is you're trying to do, which is shine a light on how the system needs to change, but, you know, also keep um, inspiring uh, people and talking to people directly um, in ways that are really super relevant to, to their lives but um, I do think it's often a question of kind of what's in and out of the story and just keeping a wider focus so that you know if someone's been able to go on a journey and become more active what was it that was there that was the catalyst for that or was the ongoing support and I think that just being able to keep that wider lens on things and keep uh, kind of guarding against that tendency that we have and we all have to want to tell a really simple story about somebody doing something amazing off their own bat and triumphing over adversity and so we can kind of tell more complete stories. What really kind of relates to that is the work we've done around measurement evaluation and learning and direction as well to how we measure how we capture learning then helps us value things differently and notice things differently and then tell a different story you know a marketing comms team can't tell a story unless we're thinking about and reflecting and capturing learning in a different way and to feed that 
um, story. So again, I think we've come on a massive journey from the start of the local pilot and, and wider work to yeah really challenge ourselves to how we capture learning and um, sense make that. And that's not easy in itself because that takes a lot of time and a lot of thought and a lot of energy. Um, and you can see the shift in the way that the learnings come through from the local pilot. You know, they're deliberately meeting in spaces and, and giving time to that and feeding that back and, um, yeah, working together to sense make it and draw out key themes and try and identify what is enabling change mm. and helping people to be more active. It's tr- tricky to tell such a complex story. Yeah. That's definitely a challenge I've had. It's it's so complex, a local pilot. There's so many things happening and things happen um, like say in a test and learn situation so it's, it's a much slower process so it's like how do you draw out how do you make the complex relatable for people why is it important to me that this is happening in Stockport how do how do you explain that bigger picture that, that's a that's a real challenge of, of what you're trying to achieve I think with Stockport Moving Together we've just tried to sort of focus on sort of five outcomes that we're looking at for local residents, what like being their well-being, the environment they live in, and then trying to utilise them as themes and to to grow out of and, and make sure that you know we're really covering off what what's important to them. I, I, yeah, it's really trying to make that complex um, relatable and for people to understand what it is you're trying to achieve. It's finding the language and the and the stories to to try and tell tell how it is that's one of the things we've talked a lot about in the workshops that I've been involved with is um, finding points of connection and also overcoming that tendency for jargon to kind of be habitually used to sort of try and explain this stuff whereas actually knowing that for people who aren't working on this they're not living and breathing it every day that those words are meaningless or <laughs> well, sometimes worse than meaningless they're actively kind of pushing people in the opposite direction and um, making this feel even less like it's something for me and how do you kind of um, when you're working with experts who are really steeped in you know anything from sort of engineering to systems thinking and everything in between that the work that they're doing to understand the complexity of this and uh, in their particular fields is so important but Sometimes they need to translate that and we need to translate that with them so that, um, you know, it can be meaningful for people. And I think there's a lot of really great work that kind of stays stuck in the jargon, kind of complex space and just doesn't feel like it matters. So there's like the job of communicators sort of unlock and unleash that into the real world. Absolutely, yeah. So when we were talking about the GM, developing the GM moving um, in action strategy and thinking about some of the cultural things that hold inactivity in place. So one of those we referred to was the research of Britain Thinks and that, you know, I'm not sporty, so this isn't about me. So how do we shift this about everyone moving every day? And then it was also, you know, every, any day, any day, any time of the day and all the issues that come up, whether they're particularly a woman and girl and, and thinking about people feeling prohibited from ac- accessing their local streets or being active in local places and doing some work to think about that from the space of creating streets and spaces that everyone feels safe and they belong and invited to be active. And then the weather, whatever the weather. So one of the campaigns as well has, has been thinking, hasn't it, about how we get away from that feeling that you can't do it. It's Manchester, it's Greater Manchester and it's wet. 
Um, so there's been quite a lot of intention, hasn't there, around setting out what are some of these key kind of mindsets and myths that we have that hold inactivity in place and get in the way and how do we align the whole system which is really tricky to try and have some key messages that cut through a hell of a lot of noise. I think that that's particularly uh, interesting at the moment with the work that we're doing in the health space so you know you're working touching your point with real specialist experts in their field they could be working on a very specific clinical pathway um, with someone who's got a long-term health condition um, and you know risk and all all that comes with that plays a massive part in their jobs in terms of they want to be, you know they're traditionally prescribe someone a an, a program or an intervention or it, through a pathway that might include exercise or physical activity but is very specific to that condition to that uh, moment in time and how do you work with someone who's in that mindset in, in very rightly wants to provide the best service for the patient that they're working with and make sure it's safe and relevant to their condition and where they're at on that journey but at the same time get that normalization across that physical activity is safe for, for everyone um, and that whatever exercise or fit movement that you do is going to benefit that your health condition alongside that kind of more clinical pathway so how do we help the health services sector have some key messages some normalization of narrative around physical activity alongside some quite clinical professional specific pathways if that makes sense so that's something that we're we're kind of talking about at the moment and thinking about and working out what would be the best things that could help that that sector comes back again to your point as well Karen about again it's not doing things to people it's working alongside people both with lived experience Mm -hmm. and those as professionals within the system to make sure that you know you're navigating that complexity and what can otherwise can feel quite tricky Mm -hmm. because so much that you're trying to balance there to make sure you do come up with a message that is both inspiring and it gives people agency and power in their life whilst not playing into potential risks and you know fears um, in the system. What I'm hearing is it it can be quite hard Mm. it takes a lot of people to think and collectively to create some alignment around messaging but don't to be disheartened because actually there's a huge amount of learning which sounds like it's making a real difference and the incredible power and potential often comes as seen as the kind of afterthought like after the real work has happened you just put some nice spin on it and maybe make the colours look nice at the end and then kind of pump it into the world whereas actually tomorrow as well do it do that tomorrow (laughs) right now whereas actually thinking through this stuff and being really intentional about it and working it out is the work it's not the bit that follows the work and I think that that's something that I like people to recognise when it comes to to comms is that um is that it is work but it pays off mm. like and get it right and it can be transformative mm-hmm. yeah. behaviour change communications isn't as straightforward sometimes as other types of communication I don't think because because of all those you know inherent complexities you know different motivations different levels of viewpoint on what, what even activity is and things like that and to overcome those with one campaign it is like a real feat um if you do if you do achieve it and i do think like the campaigns that have been put out and um, moving moving more that counts you know do really resonate with a with a, the type of 
target audience we're looking at, but it is then about, for, for me as well, in a locality, how can you use that to go further within Stockport and how do you then take that message in and, and make that work across the sort of work that's happening and then get them to embrace that messaging mm. and then put that out as well. You know, it's, it's, there's lots of work still to be done, I feel, but um, great start. All the insight that be, that's been gathered through um, the Think Britain research. I mean, I refer back to that all the time when I'm sat down and even just writing a post. How do we communicate that there's an activity on here or that actually you don't actually have to go to an activity to be physically active? You know, so yeah, it's all about that really that intentional thing about who's actually going to be to be um, receiving that message and whether it's going to be where it's going to mean anything to that person. So, next question is: What does the future look like? So, what where do we need to go next when thinking about our marketing and communications in this space? In my area, for me, we started the work in terms of making it more visible about what's actually going on on a systems level across across Stockport. Um, we've started to try and communicate that complexity but make it meaningful. So for me, it's more now looking at a, a local campaign, again, building on the work that's already been done and then seeing if we can try and target some of the um, audiences, so maybe women, because in Stockport, from the last Active Lives report, we've had a huge increase in act inactivity in females. So whether we look at targeting females, building on work that's happened happen, um, across like, the GM movement and this girl can and seeing if we can run something along the lines but make it Stockport focused or whether we look at um, other groups, you know, play-space type campaigns where we actually go into that area and try and run a comms campaign there, looking at how communities work together, a street challenge or something similar. I don't know, for me it's now looking at where can we sort of focus that 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 comms activity to sort of make an impact in, on those in those target areas at a much more sort of micro level. Okay, so it might be a target group or it might be a target kind of place area yeah. that's a focus. Yeah, for me it's always about how can how can comms change the system? How can we recognise the very real barriers, whether it's fear of safety or not feeling supported you know often people don't feel safe because they aren't safe how do we actually recognize that um, we can change the system and it's not just a question of kind of reassuring people it's about actually um, changing how the whole thing works um, and using communications with that real dual focus of continuing to inspire and continuing to change how we think about what physical activity is but also how we use communications to keep making the system work better for people and do what people need and not have it be just this constant kind of going back to you know you should do you should do different you know and I think that that's that's always going to be the tension and where I celebrate success and where I want to um, do more is 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 really focused on like tangible changes to the system that have a transformative effect on lots of people's lives um, and the role communications can play in that. I think getting quite specific to Great Sport and our role in GMU and I think we're really looking at how we measure and learn from 
the journey and the progress and the success we've had so far with all the things we've been talking about today and kind of analyse that a little bit more and get some real meaning from that to help us then think about where do we go next. We really got to a place now where we've got some brilliant stories across the system, we've got some great learning and reflections about um, how organisations and approaches are making you know real impact and change. How do we as a marketing and comms team, collective, translate those stories so they are really meaningful to different audiences and help others make change and, and I mean that in Greater Manchester but also kind of nationally as well and how do we learn from what's happening nationally there's so much going on with other active partnerships and other local pilots across um, the country how do we gather their kind of lived experience and evidence and insight and make sure we're learning from that and not just staying on a treadmill and doing more and more of the same thing. So I think it's that learning and adapting piece for me and playing a role to drive that. And I guess part of, we'll come to what's the invitation, I suppose, for people listening to get involved. And I guess start us off. One of those is just to spot and notice shifts in language, shift in imagery and in metaphors. We saw in COVID how quickly actually those things can shift in that moment. We saw massive shifts in language and in ways of working um, and then in what we were communicating. Um, One of the areas of going forward, so one of the things that currently holds inactivity in place is that sort of car-centred um, language and focus and design of place, the idea that car is king, um, which obviously relates to you know the session that Nikki, you and I have been in this morning, really, of engineers and across and transport for Greater Manchester, people across Greater Manchester, to reflect on what are the things that they're seeing change. So we've moved from focusing on cyclists to people generally talk about walking, cycling, wheeling now, mm-hmm. and 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 having imagery, which I'd say is far more about this is something for everybody, and this can be you on a tricycle, this can be on a cargo bike, this is about kids, this is at any age. And I've seen that shift happen mm-hmm. over a couple of years um, across the whole of GM. But it's helping people to notice this and then to feel that whilst it might feel hard, we are doing it. Yeah, <laughs> Those yeah. changes are happening. Um, and then to be able to imagine where we can take it next and be intentional about those changes. So... That's one invite, notice where the changes are, because that gives us all a bit of hope that we can make significant changes to address really wicked issues. Um, what else? Any Anything else that you would put out as, I guess, a call to action to people listening or an invitation to get stuck in? The big one would be to know that you don't have to be stuck in a story and that you have, whatever your role, you have some power around the story you tell and how you tell it. Um, and that language can be a sort of real source of power. And I think that it can be disheartening sometimes because you can feel like you're up against some really dominant perspectives and stories. But we do have enormous ability to make really intentional choices. And over time, it doesn't happen overnight, to start to see those shifts. We're not stuck in a story. I'll take that one away, definitely. Beth? So we're not stuck in a story, but mine would be tell your story where you can as well, whatever that story is, and don't be apologetic about what physical activity and movement means to you or your organisation or your work. And I think the power of the stories, whether that is an individual, an organisation or whoever, talking about the value of physical activity and movement to their world or their collective worlds is, is huge, isn't it? And, you know, just going back to the gym, moving in action strategy kind of, writing phase where we we engage with lots of different people across the system to hear their story 
that was the bit that everyone got inspired by and moved by and uh, galvanised by. And to help build the movement, you need your own story and to share that story so others feel permission to tell their story. And that is a snowball effect of, yeah, the power of physical activity. So tell your stories and enjoy the process as well. Yeah. If you can see it, then you can be it. Say it again, but... Set your story free www.stockport.gov.uk move together a bit more information on um, what's happening in Stockport as well fantastic well thank you all very much I hope people listening have enjoyed it as much as I have and I look forward to hearing all those stories so thanks for your time and enjoy your onward journeys thank you cheers thanks for listening to this GM Moving podcast episode Public narrative, framing and communications have become a really powerful catalyst in our work across the local pilots and geo-moving more widely. We'd love to hear from you. Are there any messages or stories you found to be powerful in your work or life? Crafting communications that resonate with people in their diversity isn't easy. What do you find works? If you'd be interested in continuing the conversation, please get in touch via email. You can also contact us on our socials or on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Greater Sport and don't forget the hashtag GMMovingInAction. Please do share this episode with people and organisations who will find it useful and help us grow the movement for movement. A big thank you to everyone who's investing in this work and playing their part to test, to learn and to make this happen. This series is a Mike Media production.